Welcome to Spark the Change India and the Spark Cafe, where we're having global conversations about change. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the Spark Cafe of Spark the Change India. I'm Sarika, joining the Spark Cafe from Pune in India. And we have with us a wonderful guest um, who's also a Spark speaker. That's Lalit Jaktiani, who joins us from... Sydney. So hello from Sydney. It's good evening for me. And... Today we've had some really good weather, so I can, you can see the bright sun shining behind if that's visible, which is a happy moment for us in Sydney, yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lalit, for joining us today at the Spark Cafe. I hope you do have your coffee mugs ready. I have mine. Not sure if you do. Yes, I have mine. Cheers as well. <laughs> awesome. Cheers to you too. Mm. So before we actually start some wonderful conversations with Lalit, I think it'll be... Um, just great to have some quick introductions, starting with the Spark introduction, myself, and then we move on to Lalit and we dive into uh, what Lalit's awesome topic at Spark the Change India in February 2018 is going to be. Uh, so Spark is really a brand with a global footprint which comes across all the way from London, goes to Montreal, Toronto, Melbourne, Amsterdam, and now we bring it to India, which was but obvious. And uh, it's interesting the way Spark um, is designed in itself because it really helps us bring practitioners, change agents across the globe uh, from across different industries and different departments and organizations to come and join this high energy global movement of change as we see it. And it's lovely that I can actually be a program chair of such an awesome brand and work with yes. awesome speakers like yourself, Lalit, and yeah, be a part of this change. So, um, so very quickly, a bit of introduction on me. I'm an entrepreneur, uh, as I said, being a program chair of Spark the Change now. But uh, in principle, I'm a lean change facilitator, coach and trainer with around 20 and more years of experience trying to help organizations increase their business agility in the best ways that I can, helping change champions at different levels. Uh, let's just say build new feathers in their cap with awesome, flexible change toolkits, right? in different ways that we have. Um, my passion to be the change I want to see in the world. So yeah, that's me. How about yourself, Lalit? Why don't you tell us something about you? I have a lot of information on you. I'd love to talk more about you, but let's start with you introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so for where I am today, and as you see me seated, I'm working with SAP and as a thought leader on digital. And what that does is it takes me across Asia, Pacific and Japan. Primarily I'm based out of Singapore, but this is a long visit to Sydney and Australia and New Zealand. So I cannot complain from an environment point of view. It's been a fun journey for me um, in the last couple of months. But, but my journey really began pretty much um, in what I typically call uh, life happening to me. So life happened to me in the sense that, you know, due to personal family reasons, I had to start a job very quickly. And again, I started actually school pretty quickly with no choice because my parents told me to do that. Then I took up a job, which I didn't have much of a choice. 
because I had to earn some money. And then the only thing I think I had at some point of time, a choice was my wife, which was a good thing. So I had to choose her. So I got married to her out of choice. But other than that, you know, life has pretty much happened to me up to that point. But when I went into um, a company called Bharat Petroleum, which is an oil and gas company in India, um, for the first few years, life was exciting because it took me into this world of the oil business, right? From operations, sales, and all the stuff that goes with it. Um, including, um, I used to, uh, at some point of time, I was at the fighter base in Butch. So that took me to some exciting places. But there was always this feeling that I'm doing things um, because that's probably the best thing to do at that point, but never really, what is it that I wanted to do? Right. I think somewhere there was this internal need for me to want to do things. And, and then I came back to the headquarters of Bharat Petroleum and I discovered a few things that really excited me. And one was, um, um, I was actually in charge of our corporate communications um, cell, which then introduced me to this fascinating world of films. And I kind of got excited with that and I said, this is something I can do. And um, I went and joined myself for diploma in filmmaking. And one of the things that did was it allowed me to for my own company at that point of time, make films. And later on in life, there were many others that I made. And so far I managed to make about 70 to 80 of these short commercial films, which is good. Wonderful. That, that was my, what should I say, energizing moments. And they were fun days because um, I used to, I remember because I was also working at that time, um, I used to actually um, shoot these films on Saturdays and Sundays and uh, sit in the nights at about 9 a.m., uh, 9 p.m., uh, uh, editing them till about 2, 3 in the morning, and then I was back into work at 9. And I think in the two years that I was doing this, there was never a day that I felt I needed sleep, which is funny because normally, you know, people put in eight hours of work and they feel sleepy and tired, but that kind of energized me and fueled me further. And then came a very interesting point. The oil industry went in for deregulation and we had Arthur D. Little who had come in to help us transform. And I was made one of the change agents for the company. And we were among the five selected to spark the change, if I may use your brand word, in, awesome. in which was a public sector oil company with a whole lot of people who people felt were, you know, past the hill and, you know, nothing can happen and we can never make it exciting. But I think the two years that I went and covered the length and breadth of the country, the energy that we created in the company was really exciting. And I was actually invited by, at that time we used a method called the learning organization methodology of Peter Senges. Uh-huh. And uh, they were so excited by what we did that they invited us to the US to share how did we create so much energy in an oil and gas company that was essentially public sector. And there were surveys done post that uh, implementation by various private agencies and right up to the people in the operations and clerical layers, all of them said that the best thing that happened was this change program because it helped them discover themselves. And that to me, if, if I may put it that way, gave me my first insight into change because change is not about setting a set of messages to people and communicating, you know, what the company expects you to do because that is something that typically is an activity and not a change management strategy, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. It's more about helping people discover things that excite them. 
and make them see this excitement in the work that they do because if you create energy in the workplace you create energy in the outcomes and you create energy in people right which which if i may say pretty much also aligns uh, and we i know you haven't reached that point as yet it's about the book that you wrote right and uh, yeah so let's just have that here so that's when change happens it's a wonderful book i mean i remember reading it across the airplane flight that i had from uh, mumbai to london so that's that was an awesome uh, read for me uh, and and it's the way you describe it also as like a quote to the book change management is not a practice where one size fits all it needs to be adapted improvised and then fitted to the needs and demands of the organizations it's a wonderful way of how you summarize the whole saying so i think it pretty much relates to what you just shared yes thank you thank you for bringing that up yes and and that's a good looking book i must say of course <laughs> so of course <laughs> so so coming to the journey forward and and that's probably the first thing that kind of excited me and then i kind of saw the feedback that i got and it was very interesting the time i used to run workshops and these workshops used to go on and they were to be called visionary leadership and planning workshops uh-huh. and there were three days workshops on an average the workshops went on from 9 am in the morning to 2 am in the morning and the amount of anger joy excitement it unleashed uh, people actually contacted me even later to tell me you know i you made us connect with some things that we never did earlier so um you you and some people went back and said you know while it may have not worked so much for us it really worked on my kids because we tried what we learned there with our children and we found the change there wonderful so it gave me a lot of personal satisfaction it was a very interesting journey <clears throat> and then from that um, journey i kind of uh continued uh, in in bharat petroleum and and then moved on where we implemented um um a product called sap and that was my first introduction to sap as a product as well as as an organization and i was made to drive change for bharat petroleum for sap and that won the award globally for the best managed change in an oil and gas and um, in fact in any industry so it it won the in the one the gold award awesome. so sap kind of excited with what i did and they asked me so what is it that i did that can work for them and then they borrowed me from bharat petroleum to uh, do a project in malaysia it was a failed project and one of the factors that was kind of attributed to why the project failed was poorly managed change hmm. so again pretty much an agenda of trying to make it work with a very limited time frame because i had a day's job in bharat petroleum so the company lent me to sap for a short duration <clears throat> and that kind of became a turnaround for that particular organization as well so that from failure it became one of the bigger successes and they started showcasing that in malaysia as a success for them so that kind of gave me a sense that you know it's not only what i did in bharat petroleum but it could probably work in other places and then i said now it's something that i enjoy doing and it can i do more of it in my life and that's when i kind of decided to go beyond bharat petroleum and joined another company uh, called grow talent primarily it was in the space of human resources consulting but i was leading their global practice for change management that brought me to the wonderful island of sri lanka um and it was very interesting there were um you know i was doing a study on work life balance there many many years ago and um, um i kind of found out that the average work of a person started at 8:30 in the morning and went on till 4:30 in the evening 
and when they asked me for my report i said you guys are in paradise i mean really your work life balance is the most perfect that i've come across i don't think it's a problem i think it's a solution to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and the best thing that used to happen those days was you know we they have a holiday every full moon day called the poya day and if it fell uh, on a thursday then friday was a holiday so whenever my boss used to call me up from india tell me where are you and i was on the beach and he said do you do any work i said well my clients don't work <laughs> so it was a perfect um, time for me where i enjoyed work without having much work and uh, but jokes aside it was really interesting to start seeing then this whole change management flow across many organizations that i worked with there i mean it's it's and, viral right it can it can just go viral and it's you who's you know already viraling that out through your energy and through your passion and people really see you come through so why not Yes and the biggest advantage i get in this whole thing is you know people realize the the more you invest in it the more you get back because the energy of the people gives back the energy to you so sometimes you know i find that i feed off the energy of people and i find that for every little to look at it from a pure roi point of view if i was a stock investor for every 1 dollar that i invest in that market i get 20 dollars back or 50 dollars mm. back and sometimes 100 dollars back so it's a great investment from an energy point of view and if you give it your best you get back the best in people you, you're so, already speaking the spark language lalit because it's all about okay. being a part of the high energy global movement right and that's how we create energy right coming together we all have so much energy in us and we're really feeding off each other's energy so very well put so yeah i mean but please please do continue and yeah to your sap journey that's wonderful please yes and that's when you know the people in malaysia they they didn't forget me so they kept asking me again whether i wanted to join and i said why not i can try that and that's how i joined sap in in malaysia and from then on it's been a very interesting roller coaster ride from malaysia to singapore to southeast asia and i was actually heading the transformation practice for southeast asia and india and then i moved on to um, a kind of a more asia pack role um, on 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 transformation then we came across this whole digital journey of the world and that again kind of evolutionized uh, my approach to things where then i started getting associated with the innovation and the imaginative side of things and it was like a duck to water because my creative side in filmmaking that had been curved with all the logic of business got suddenly i would say sparked if i may put it that way and suddenly then this whole innovation part kind of really started connecting well so it was connecting the business side of things and then finding or uh, using my imaginative mind to see how this business can be radically different from the way it's being done today so mm. that was kind of what kind of suited me and obviously it suited my customers because then i kept getting called for doing more of such kind of uh, stuff and then uh, it was actually a couple of years ago when uh, i started looking at you know all these great ideas and then we started looking back last year and saying okay we thought of all these great ideas and then i went back and started looking which of them worked and which didn't right it's sometimes good to have a look back at your clients and i realized that it's not only about a great idea there were times where things did not get executed and i realized that it's a combination of a good idea combination of understanding who that good idea is intended for and more importantly then driving the change in the organization for people to support that idea and that's when this whole combination of 
uh, innovation and change in my mind uh, kind of took birth, if I may put it that way. And I realized that, you know, it's not only about like while people may think it's a great idea and you may energize people with, with the idea. But we have to remember that people have careers and they come to organizations because they're paid a salary and an income and they want to be successful doing what they're doing. And sometimes these new innovative ideas had no precedence. So people were scared that if they flowed with that idea and moved into these new roles, if the idea failed, they would also fail. So mm -hmm. that's when you realize that innovation and risk are two combined things that need to be looked at in addition to which are those people who can actually take that risk and be able to become, I would say, the innovators in the organization or the internal startup people in an organization. And that's what kind of took birth on this whole idea of innovation and change. And that's the topic that I've been sitting with and that's where I am today, uh, doing this kind of work with our customers in Asia Bank. Fabulous, fabulous. Thanks for that lovely journey, uh, Lalit. It's really inspiring um, for me, for sure. Uh, and I think that gets me to a very interesting question because, of course, your topic at Spark the Change is very related and you talk about, uh, you know, leading in an era of digital disruption. We'll get to that. But just before that, so what, what triggered you to be involved with Spark the Change India? Actually, there are two things. Uh, one is, um, I, I like the, the, the mnemonic spark. That's why it comes naturally to me. I like, the, to me, change is about ignition. It's about sparking excitement in people. And I think my, my connect with the organization has been you and your energy level. So that's what, if you ask me, has motivated me to stay connected. I, I like the energy you bring into your conversation. I like the way you structure it. So to me, organizations are a lot about people and not so much about the global uh, statements that they make. And to me, that's what's made the difference. Awesome. Awesome. So then, then let's dive a bit into, um, you know, your uh, Spark talk itself, which talks about, you know, leading in an era of digital disruption. And uh, at least the way you summarize it is, you know, where you are helping us examine the implications of digital disruption and key elements required to drive change associated with the transformations. Uh, a, probably a bit deeper insight into this would, would really be great to hear directly from you today. Sure. I, I'm going to be, you know, a little vague only because I don't want to tell you about the talk before it happens. So <laughs> I want you don't want to, to unveil it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit like, you know, how much should I show? It's like the trailer, right? The guy is trying to make the trailer, wants to keep the interesting parts in the movie and not at the trailer. But having said that, um, one of the key things that I've been hearing many of my customers say, and that's why I think it's very important, is this whole conversation around digital and digital disruption. And um, many people have been, I would say, terrorized by various consulting organizations and consultants to say, you know, your company is going to be totally wiped out for five years down the line. Look at Netflix, look at Kodak, and they scare people out of all these examples. And what I'm really wanting to tell people that it's not such a scary thing. If you apply your mind, you can be able to see where this disruption is coming from and you can be able to prepare for it. So the first part of it is digital disruption is happening. It's not that you have to close your eyes. It's like a tsunami. It's coming. It's on the way. 
but it's not something where you can sit in your house and sit and wait helplessly. You can see it coming, you can plan for it, and there are many exciting ways by which you can profit from it. So that's the first part of the conversation as to what this is all about. How can you prepare yourself for it? The second part of it is being able to recognize that if this transformation is what I really am trying to achieve, then it's not about coming up only with a good idea and putting some technology behind it and coming up with some fancy methods and mobile devices to execute it. But it's about then re-looking at your whole organization and saying, how are we currently designed and geared to deliver on this idea? Do we have the right structure? Do we have the right people in place? Are we going to be able to respond to the digital promise that we have created? How are we going to be taking care of the insecurities of our own employees? Because remember, any digital disruption is also disrupting your current market and your current business. That means that there is a part of cannibalization that happens in your existing business. And that makes it threatening for people who are running that part of your business. Because now they see their volumes declining, their values declining. And therefore, before you know it, rather than an external competitor, you have internal competition. Being able to understand that, being able to prepare people for it and making sure that your structures are well-oiled and working together rather than against each other is a very critical dynamic. And that's what I hope to cover in the talk very briefly, of course, but it's the point where we, I want to get people thinking about it and probably interact a lot more during the talk itself and hopefully going back with some ideas about how they're going to do their next big thing with digital and change. Awesome. So that's quite some awesome takeaways for the Spark participants, you know, to take away from your talk. Uh, in addition, of course, to what you mentioned uh, already formally in the talk itself. But yeah, this is a good enough trailer and that shows us the correct blend of your filmmaking experience into the change management world. Let's put it that way. Yes. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, wonderful. Um, Lalit, it's been wonderful talking to you and uh, I thank you for your time. It's been lovely having you on Spark Cafe. It's a pleasure and thank you for the interview and hope to see you all in February when the talk happens. For sure. So thank you all for listening and joining us at Spark Cafe. We hope you've enjoyed learning from our wonderful guest Lalit today. If you would like to learn more about the event, please visit sparkthechangeindia.com and you can follow us on Twitter at sparkchangein for ongoing updates and details. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today in the Spark Cafe. To learn more about Spark the Change India or any of the great speakers that you've been learning about, please visit sparkthechangeindia.com or check us out on Twitter at sparkchangein.